4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Here we go. Four o'clock hour. Adam Candy is here. I was just kidding, Adam. I love the name Adam. We have lots of Adams as the company. Got to show the love. Cofield, Damon, helping out as well. All right, Candy. Before we get to the football frenzy and some uh, pad crunching, let's do a little football. You know, give me the pad crunch. This is a football story. This is a football story. All right. When are we going public is the question, Candy. Um, and I, mean, I don't know. I'm I've, speaking, I've kind of enjoyed the relationship we've had. Yes, but, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm speaking as if I'm a PR person for Team... I want to get this right. Waller Plum, Plum Waller. Plum Waller, Waller Plum. Which way do we go? Lady first, guy first. What do we do? Boy, there's a catchy one. Well, I didn't say it was catchy. We'll come up with something. I mean, I think first they have to confirm it. They've uh, They've been very secretive. So, yeah, Kelsey Plum and Darren Waller have been a rumored couple for a while. I think I thought uh, Kelsey Plum was being peppered with questions somewhere about being engaged. And then someone on the show may have said, well, it might be Waller because they've been discussed as an item for like a year and a half. And then uh, there is a picture of the inaugural, was it the Nine Awards on Friday? A photo of Darren Waller with Kelsey Plum, but that could be like, you know, like last week I had my arm around Marty Cordova. We're not dating. Um, you know, there's a. Did I ever send that picture? I don't think I did. I'm going to send that picture out. Maybe we are an item, right? Cordova, Cofield. Thank you for clearing that up. Right? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. They seem to want to keep it quiet. It looks like a lovely couple. Uh, my lord, you know, as I will often do. Um, I mean, if I'm going to project draft prospects coming from the couple, uh, I'm assuming there'd be a washboard stomach involved because uh, they're both shredded. Darren Waller and Kelsey Plum, a beautiful couple. Do you have sources is- on Do you have sources on this one, or can you call the PR people and find out if Plum Waller Waller Plum is an item, a real? This item? has taken a turn. It always takes it, 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 it always takes a turn on took, the show. Took a took a took a turn from moobs to washboard abs, which is uh, it's a real it's a real journey on you the show. Today, I, have, I, I actually have um, I have a whole discussion on tap. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to introduce it today, but I was. <laughs> Damon is looking at me like, "Don't do it," and he has no idea what's coming. He has no idea. Should I say it or not? I think it's a sports talk radio discussion. I don't know if this is a tease or not, or if you're just a tease. No. Um, let's see. How do I how do I put this? Um, I have a friend, a female, who doesn't seem to be working a lot anymore, but she's doing a lot of traveling, right? And the. The notion has been thrown out there because this is what this is what people like. No one does it to me. But then I was thinking to myself, maybe if I was making a lot of side cash, someone should accuse me of this. It's a compliment. Uh, anyway, it came into the discussion. Hey, we don't know what this person's doing, where they're getting all this money, how they're getting all this time off. They're never at work anymore. Do they have an OnlyFans page? But then I go down this rabbit hole and I'm like, if I were hotter, well, I'm not at all at, at 52. Like, could I do like, could I do a page? And, and no. OK, should I just stop? 
No, I thought this was going to be the world's longest setup for why you spent two hours on OnlyFans <laughs> last night. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Last night? Yeah, leave it at that. Um, so anyway, back to back to Waller and Kelsey Plum. Oh, we have a poll question up. We have a poll question up. It'll get normal again. It'll get normal again. But I seriously did want to ask you. Uh, at, well, no, I'm not going to ask you about it. your your OnlyFans page. Um, best celebrity sports couple in Vegas history. Sports couple. Because we've had a lot of couples here. Celebrity couples here. Like that we know as Vegas people. Best celebrity sports couple would Darren Waller and Kelsey Plum go right to the top of the list. If they're an idol. Andre Agassi, yes. Steffi Graf, yes. now and forever. They're, like, they're in the poll. They're in the poll. Uh, so are Mike Moser and Tasha Schweikert, the Olympic gymnast. I think they deserve some attention. That's a celebrity couple. Mike Moser, a former UNLV basketball player, and like I said, Tasha, a Vegas native and Olympian. Uh, I think two things deserve mention here. One, uh, the old, the old from the rebellion, the Mike Moser arms yes. that used to wave around behind yes. free throws, like yeah. that alone should get some votes. I also ran into uh, Steffi Graf and the kids at JFK uh, at wait, one point. Wait, and wait, what? Like all familiar? Like yeah, well, you know, I see her. Hey, you know, you know me. Me and Steffi like to get together every now and then. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, at the airport at uh, JFK, and, and it was one of those one-of-us moments. We were, we were in the, uh, the old Hudson News looking around the, the candy and the books and the wow. things that you're going to pay a 50% premium on. And, and she's just trying to corral the kids. Like, the kids are, want, like, the kids are flying all over. She's got, the, uh, she's got the stroller. Like, it was one of those one-of-us moments. Like, it wasn't, you know, a bunch of uh, nannies taking care of them. It was Steffi Graf, like, how am I going to get the kids to get on this plane? It was one of those one-of-us moments that I thought to myself, I, I now like you more. Okay. She, she, she was relatable at that point. I like how your response is, okay. Good story, Candy. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I thought there was going to be more. But tell us more about OnlyFans, No, Steve. no, I wasn't. Tell I us more about Darren Waller. No, I have the – here. I have the only OnlyFans page where you pay more for there not to be the camera on. You pay more to have the camera off. I will just, you know what I mean? Like, you can just have the voice. Otherwise, you pay me more, I turn the camera off. Well, I'm going to be, I'll be honest here. I'll pull back the curtain. As you were finishing your story, I was looking up the poll results, and then you stopped, and I was like, ugh. That happens sometimes. It's not always, well, it's never smooth, but it's not, it's not always going to nail it. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay, I'm no, I'm, Is that I'm, acceptable? I'm looking for the poll right now. Yeah. I'm looking for the poll right now. Yeah. Darren Waller right. and Kelsey Plum are at 45%. Right. Steffi Groff right. and Andre Agassi, very relatable couple, one of us. Uh, they're at 45%. Mike Moser, Tasha Swikert, 6%. Others, 4%. Who are we missing? I, I would like to see some good suggestions, but I don't see. When you, when you vote other, you have to fill that in. Yeah. Hey, jokers, if you vote Whoa. other, write in your answers. That's, we need to know. That's what's happening here. I'm just yelling at people for not... I see. It's Twitter etiquette. I, I, I'm blind. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting. It appears to be. Okay. But I don't know oh, that. Okay. I don't know that Dennis Rodman is truly Vegas, and we're talking athletes. It's double athlete. 
middle-aged man scrolls through phone live on air is yes. certainly a segment. Well, it's been done before. I can't perfect it. We know Mike Francesa <laughs> with his humming thing. <laughs> he, he nailed it. He nailed it in the past. All right, back to the frenzy. If Gronk ever moved here, well, he's not with an athlete right now, right? I, I forget who, what his girlfriend's name is. Does he have a girlfriend? I don't know. Um, Gronk rumored to be retired again. This according to Jordan Schultz, son of Howard Schultz, the guy who basically invented Starbucks. That doesn't take away from Jordan's journalistic chops because he's actually been getting a lot of these scoops. He's very connected in the sports world. Do we believe this? I don't see why Gronk would fake retire again. I think he's done. You? I think what we've seen from Rob Gronkowski is that it can change quickly. So I, I do think it's legit that he's going to retire right now. But could we be on the Favre Clemens path here where all of a sudden, six weeks into the season, he shows up again once he's had a long enough break? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the dude is built like a giant you know slab of meat and so we can show up just about any time and be ready to run down the field and catch a few more seam patterns if they need them a giant slab of meat you're listening to cofield and company on espn las vegas candy i love the nba draft but i also realize you kind of where it ranks in Las Vegas right now. Probably not way up there. Am I right? As a topic? No, it's not at the top of the uh, Las Vegas topic list right now, especially no. with the NBA season having just ended. Now, it could be if the Las Vegas LeBrons land in Vegas, the NBA Las Vegas LeBrons, you know, in the south end of the Strip, and they're mired with 25 wins for like five straight years, and they always pick top seven. Because, well, that's kind of where the Sacramento Kings have been. This is not a very nice intro, but uh, I feel for my friend Carmichael Dave, who does mornings in Sacramento on KHTK. Dave, how are you? Good. You? Was that a terrible intro? Was that just mean? That was like the worst. How long? Hey, just so I know, because I always like to truncate my answers. What? How long is our hit here? How long do I have? <laughs> we got it. We got. I don't know. We go. We have time. You're good. You, okay. can, you can go long. So, You're good. So here's the thing. It's funny you were talking about uh, how well if the NBA comes in. You guys are totally getting a team, by the way, like within five years, 100% getting a team. Of course. But, like, we were talking about how my, my wife and my dad, my dad was over yesterday, and they were watching game three of the uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, finals. And, you know, we watched the whole thing, and we had a big discussion. It's like, why don't we care about hockey? Like, we do not care about hockey, but there's no valid reason to not care about hockey. It's awesome but I've never been able to get into it. And so I said, you know what would be hilarious is if Sacramento ever got a hockey team to watch all the media locally, including myself, fumble all over each other trying to learn hockey in like 20 minutes and mispronouncing all the names. And I'm wondering if you guys went through something like that when the Knights got there where you all had to like cram hockey down your, your brains for a while. Candy, would you like to answer that? <laughs> no, I think you're the right person to take this one. Uh, yes, as a collection, uh, we had to uh, to cram pretty strong. We had some good hockey people in the market, but yeah, I think people have gotten up to speed. Uh, the NBA would not be an issue here. I, this, I have always believed that this right. is, well, I know it's a football town now. The Raiders are 50 times bigger than anything we have here and, and forever will be, uh, but because of UNLV, because of all the transplants, uh, basketball is massive here, uh, massive here, so it would do really well. So, the, you know, the reason I bring up the Kings and the kind of sports talk 
you do covering the Kings is like th this is like one of your best times of the year because I'm watching you on on Twitter, you know, going back and forth with people. Dave's got great engagement up on Twitter, and you've been breaking down all the prospects and arguing about, hey, what do you do? You trade out, you move up, you pick. So where are you right now with this selection? What are they going to do? Are they going to make the pick at number four? <laughs> I have great engagement with my You do. I'm jealous, man. You have good conversations. Yeah. So what if they're psychos? It's, Who cares? It's a wacko award. Um, the two best times of the year for the Kings are opening day because we're undefeated and the draft because we're going to draft an amazing player or we're going to draft Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. Um, we, I would say this. Uh, Monty McNair has proven he's going to take best player available, the GM. He came into a team two years ago with De'Aaron Fox, and he drafted a point guard who fell in his lap at 12 and Tyrese Halliburton. The following year, he drafted Davion Mitchell, a point guard, and then traded Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis. So this year, it seems consensus-wise that Jaden Ivey would be the pick at four, barring him jumping up into the top three, which could happen. So odds on, because I know, I don't know if you people in Vegas are familiar with how betting odds work, but odds are uh, Ivey will be one. Uh, Keegan Murray is very much in the mix. And, you know, people are calling to try to trade for the pick because Kings are known for doing stupid things. They're trying to... To, to get in there, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty heavy price if they move out of four. Is there a guy you fear the Kings missing on that could go after the four selection where you're like, oh my God, that might be the guy? Well, and I know, you know, speaking of Twitter, and I know we follow each other, what you may have seen over the last couple of weeks is I, they, I hate this time of year. I hate, I like the draft lottery. I like the draft. But I hate everything in between. And I say this as a media member who's doing the same thing as everybody else. We all want ratings and hits and clicks and views and blah, blah. But it's like, dude, everybody, everyone knows Jaden Ivey you cannot miss. Or, dude, Keegan Murray is the guy and you have to get him. And what is that based on? The consensus, right? What's the consensus based on? Ding-dongs like you and me making mock drafts. Like, everybody has a big board in their living room. Like, nobody knows. And if you look back last year, the year before, the year before that, you look at where people were picked and then look at how good they are. And inevitably, it's all over the board. So all I care about is the GM makes a nice salary more than us to go out and, you know, scout, sit down with these guys, talk to their family, look at hours and hours of tape. You have millions of dollars in scouts on your payroll to do this. And meanwhile, uh, <laughs> yeah. Joe in North Las Vegas is like, no, man, this is the guy. I saw this video. Like, just pick the guy you want and let's roll. So that being said, it's like I'm not great you, for your show. By the way. That was good. No, it was good. You're honest. Yeah. I mean, it's I, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Steve, I'm not creating excitement and passion amongst listeners. I understand that. But I will tell you this I did find out today that at UNLV, Icky Woods, Randall Cunningham, Suge Knight, and George Maloof all played football. Like, I did not know that till today. And that fact is blowing my mind. You didn't know that? Really? I didn't know George Maloof played for UNLV. Well, was, I had no idea. Well, he was getting a lot of PT, but yeah, he was he was on the team. Yeah. You know, oh, Shug, I'll say Suge was more of a developmental guy on the defensive line. Icky, Icky was kind of good. I would think Icky was okay. Randall was probably decent. Well, he was, he was more. He was more than decent. He was much more <laughs> than decent. Who, uh, if you had your choice, like if if uh, they got super aggressive and they're like, we're going up to number one, who would you take at one in the NBA draft? That's the thing. That that and that's it's a great question and that's the thing. Um, I don't and I, I'm not saying this for lack of knowledge. I really don't know. Uh, this consensus seems like it's going to be Jabari Smith. 
Um, but then Chet Holmgren is a unicorn, but Chet Holmgren is also 7'2", 190. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, they say, might end up being the best pro in the draft. But you and I both know, like, seriously, if you had to bet your house one way or the other, and here's the bet, uh, 20 years from now we're going to look back at this draft and either the top one of the top three consensus, all right, Bancaro, uh, Holmgren, or Jabari Smith, you have those three versus the field, for best player in the draft 20 years from now. You got to bet your house one way or the other. We're probably taking the field, and that's what's so frustrating. It's not like next year when Victor Wembenyama is going to be the most heralded prospect we've seen since Le- literally since LeBron James. It's all about Wembenyama next year. We don't have that guy. We've got a, a, a top four heavy those three plus Jaden Ivey is your consensus. The Kings moved up to four. So I just hope they don't do something stupid. Ultimately, take the guy, not fit, take the best player available because that's where you get a superstar generally is top of the draft. Don't overthink it. Don't get cute. Just do it. This one for Adam Candy, my co-host. Adam, if you had to bet your house and you couldn't bet the field, who would you bet on as a number one pick? Not who's going to get picked one. Who would you take? Oh, God. The way the game is moving today. Say it. Say it. You, could, you can't get me off Jaden Ivey. Ah, I, okay. I, and wow. What, what, what'd, you, what'd you think I was going to say, Steve? What, Donovan Williams goes number one? <laughs> no, no, no. Stop I, it. I, I like Chad Holmgren. Um, and I actually, for Carmichael Dave, I actually I like Ivey, but I think, there's, I think there's a lot of upside, but I think his floor is lower than Keegan Murray. So Murray's the, sa- Murray's the yeah. safer pick. Murray is the safe pick. Murray seems to be like a, you know, if we compare everything to our own, so we think of him as like a more polished Harrison Barnes with a little better defense because Harrison plays for us right now, and Harrison's a fine pro. But is Keegan ever going to be? Jaden Ivey could be, could, air quotes, be the best guy on a deep-run playoff team. That's his ceiling. I agree with you 100% that Keegan's floor is higher than Ivey's, but I don't think Keegan has that, you know, multi-time all-star type of ceiling. I think he has super really good pro uh, that, that can very much help the team, which, by the way, it's bad. You just don't know. So are you guys allowed to talk about Luca a lot? Or, I mean, because it, it, oh. it's kind of ripping open the wound every time you bring it up. It's just one of many wounds. You know, like we have, we're all wounds. We're basically like a mummy with like blood coming out. Like that's our franchise. Like here, here, you want to make a good bet. Here's the good bet, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, whoever we pick is going to be the wrong pick because that's just what happens, dude. We don't be like that. We we well, but that's that's what I'm saying is you follow trends, you yeah. follow history. Uh, that's where it's at. You just hope Luca was in our lap, man. Everyone said pick Luca. Luca was the consensus guy. Our freaking GM was like born down the street from his dad. They were lifelong friends. Everything lined up for Luca to come in and save this franchise. We have to sit and watch Dallas in the conference finals while we're sitting back after trading Marvin Bagley to Detroit years later to finally end that nightmare. Well, like, yep. Well, we saved the team from going to Seattle, but other than that, this is our penance right now. It's kind of where we're at. So I, I feel like we deserve a reprieve. There's the morning show in Sacramento. Sacktown has the uh, top five pick at number four. Carmichael Davis up on Cofield and company. You're in L.A. right now. What are you covering, soccer? Uh, yeah, I'm at some huge resort. It's more like a stationing area right now in Rancho Palos Verdes. I can tell you this. When I left Sac, it was 103. Uh, it's 72, and I'm nice. looking at the ocean. Republic, Sac Republic, USL team. They're taking on the LA Galaxy, the MLS team, and the Lamar Hunt 
uh, open cup. Oh, wow. So that's neat. I I have two things for you because I feel like we're we're I feel like we're crescendoing towards the end here. Um, <laughs> you and I go way way back. Um, was that like the weirdest, awesomest UFC card in history? Saturday, seriously, like everything was a knockout, and there was 170 fights. I got to tell you, UFC ain't exactly my cup of tea anymore, especially on uh, some of these cards, man. What? I know. I know. What That's, happened to you? It, well, it's an, it's another one of those things as a result of the Raiders being here. Like, I mm. I go yeah. and watch what we cover. That's just it's, yeah. it's what's happened over time. Now, I will tell you, I squeeze in a lot of TV just to chill okay. out. And Ta- John Taffer now is a Vegas guy. And I got to mention, I don't know if you ever saw this, but I think you got kind of beat up indirectly on a Taffer episode in Sacramento. So he goes into Sacramento, Old Town. He goes to, like, the Sac Town Sports Bar. Did you ever see this episode? No. So you got to watch this, right? This is I'm ripping open the wound again. A Taffer okay. tells the owner, he's like, he's like, you got a sports bar here and all this memorabilia. No one here likes sports. Look, here are the sports radio ratings. I was like, oh, no. He he mm-hmm. he basically used your station as a punching yeah. bag to punch the guy yeah. in the face, and the guy removed all of his sports memorabilia. I bet you it's back up now, and then changed the name of the place. And as I'm watching, I'm like, "Poor Carmichael, Dave, and KHTK. How dare Taffer yeah. get on the ratings?" Yeah, well, you know what we always say in the business: anytime it tax our ratings, Steve, we always say the same two words: <laughs> wrong demographic. So I'm sure he was looking at, you know, person six plus. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of sports fans. We love sports. But you know what? It's like, uh, uh, I don't know if your wife sucks and is constantly a source of, like, horrible, horrible things, but you are stuck together because of the kids. You're not going to bring her up at parties all the time. You know, it's like we we have a rough sports landscape. All right, so you're off at UFC and all that. All right, fine. Then I guess my only other thing for what you else? is I will be – I will be – what? What else? Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I will be in Vegas for five days and maybe the best time to be in Vegas, which is uh, early July, um, because I hear it's nice there. I will be out there. Here's what I'm calling it. It's my uh, five-day trip to John Moles Roadkill Grill with a side of NBA Summer League. Yep. Um, this might be the sixth consecutive year I've invited you to dine with me in 109 degree heat while we just get the meat sweats. Um, so, you know, figure it out, Steve. Uh, I will DM you on this. Okay. Oh, well, will you? Wow. I've heard that. I heard that. I hear that from all the guys. Well, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I, I'm like, I'm very old now. I can't commit to anything. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I got to run it by the boss at home. Which by, which, by, which, by the way, when I saw a line yesterday, when someone says they got to run it by the boss, that means a no. In yeah. my case, it does not mean a, it's not a hard no. I don't That's a blow-off, generally. I, I don't know my schedule. I'm being truthful. <laughs> it's like in a month, dude. You can't spare an hour. I'm coming all the way to your city to see you and eat brisket. And you're like, well, I don't really watch the UFC anymore, and I'm a home buddy. Like, what yeah. happened to the days of Cage Wright or Steve Cofield when we yeah. – Take the town, whatever. Yep, all that cocaine and drinking. I what? I didn't do any of that. All right, Dave. <laughs> I appreciate it. Have fun in L.A. Enjoy the good weather. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Take there he care. is, Carmichael, Dave, KHTK. Uh, the answer is I just wanted to get him off the line on meeting up for food. No, candy. No. I will not be there. In well, 109 eating meat. That is not happening. <laughs> Listen. No. I'm all about meat sweats. 
Um, I didn't want to hash it out on the air. We're doing an interview. I don't need to like make a date with another radio guy on a live radio. Um, but my guess is I won't be here. Yeah, I won't be here. I'm guessing. So I kind of knew that, but I wanted to blame it on the SO. Very highly coveted, now, my friend. Very highly coveted. I, th- I don't like to reject people on the air. I think what we need to do is have Demond get him right back on the air. Now. No, so, since no! you since you waited to du- you waited to dump him <laughs> off air, you get him right back now and let him hear your excuse. Uh, coming up, the fat pack. I got something for you here that'll give you the meat sweats. All right, rolling on. I have something for you, Candy. I have something for you. Have you okay. heard? Is it, have you is heard of? Meat? Have you heard of steak dust? Steak dust? Yes. No, I mean that. That sounds like something I would put on everything if you gave me the option, though. Guarantee you, this is the craziest thing you're gonna see today because I'm seasoning steak with steaks. You see, the first thing I needed to do is create steak dust. So I went ahead and cooked a steak because once that was done, I went through an extreme process. It's called freeze dry. Once the time was up, I took it out and looked. Yeah, it's like styrofoam. To make steak dust, I threw everything into the blender, blended on high, and in the end, I was left with this. Steak dust. The only thing left was to throw this on some beautiful steak. Now, the big question is, how did it taste? Oh, my God, come on. That tastes amazing, everybody. That's all I can say about that. That was amazing. TikTok video. Steak dust. It did look good. So, basically, what you're telling me is that last night in the Cofield household was flipping back and forth between TikTok and OnlyFans to try to find your female friends' plans for travel, right? Like, is this, this is it? You're trying, right, to figure out, right. one, you're trying to figure out what your female friend was doing to, to earn her travel money. One, I would never go look for this friend's page. That's disgusting, so stop that. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And second, you know, the algorithm works in magical ways. It just does. Uh, and I see a lot of food stuff. So, you know, I saw the steak dust guy. And basically, as he described, he cooked steaks, did some freeze drying. It comes out, and it really was like styrofoam. So then he freaking shaved it down, blended it, and then put it on top like you would any other seasoning. And it looked pretty good. Now, here's the thing. Like, what kind of steak is the topping versus the steak that you're actually eating? And... Who amongst us is wealthy enough to just kind of like piss away a steak to make into steak dust? See, what I'm thinking is that what if you took some sort of, you know, plebeian cut of meat, like some sort of, you know, ugly little flank steak, mm. and you made that the freeze-dried steak? Right. And you just wanted a little extra meatiness on your good steak, like then you go get the real ribeye cook it up medium rare, and then you just add a little steak dust to be like, you know what this could use? One more steak. But it doesn't get you as full. Steak on steak. That's the beauty here. Yep. Uh, you nailed it, actually. Because now that I think back, uh, and I don't get any of this stuff. It's all the vast sound crew that finds these videos. Um, when they, the first steak he made was a skirt steak, and then he had some nice thick like sirloin, something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, look, instantly by his voice, I didn't trust him. At all. Why? Uh, He's a very charming but, guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it. I thought it added an international flair, and it got me more intrigued. What nation? I don't know. I'm open to everyone. I'm not that concerned. 
Oh, you really were on Open Fans OnlyFans then. Got please it. Stop, please. I'm open to everyone. I, I'm not picky here, folks. If I have to sort through 50 profiles to find what my friend is doing to make her travel money, by damn it, I'll do it. We got the aviators back in town. Speaking of food candy, <laughs> as I move on. Well, because I we have a whole we have a whole story about uh Qatar, Cutter, and the World Cup, and uh, some policies that are damaging. But after you keep, uh, I was going to say banging me with the OnlyFans thing. I'm going to mm. I'm going to save it for a little later. Aviators mm. are back in town. Uh, they're playing Albuquerque now. A couple of cool things here. They've got their awesome menu that they're rolling out. New loaded fries. They've got a classic barbecue pulled pork sandwich or the gourmet elote dog. That's how you say that, right? Good job, buddy. Yeah, I, I try, man. Uh, so they got that going on. 7.05 start tonight. Now, the cool thing is it's Albuquerque against the Aviators at LV Ballpark. Chris Bryant is back. So he's doing a rehab for the Rockies with Albuquerque. So he'll be playing for the next couple of days. Thursday is $2 beer night. Friday is beach bag night. Saturday is Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond night. How cool is that? Check it out. On Twitter, at AviatorsLV. Schedule, information, the games are all over on Raider Nation Radio 920. Tonight's uh, first pitch is 7.05. Russ Langer will be on around 6.45 with the pregame. Go out and see some Aviators baseball this week at the LV Ballpark. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Here he is, Sam Paniotovich from Nesson and FS1. All right, Sam, I got to get right into the NBA draft. And we saw yesterday Paolo Bancaro shot up the rankings, the uh, the odds list, like inside of 300, plus 300 from like 10 to 1, 15 to 1. What is going on here? Are we getting suckered on this? Are they trying to balance the action? Or you really think Sharps are all over Bancaro the last two days? Well, Sharps are on Ben Carroll, but there's really no reason for that. I think it's very clear these markets are almost impossible for sports books to manage and maintain. They don't know who's going one, and that's clear given the way this market has moved in the last not just 24 hours, but in the last three weeks. Let's go back to late May, early June. Jabari Smith at FanDuel is minus 600 to go one. And that's because all the information around that time from Woj and Javoni and Sam Vecini, all these draft experts that have covered this stuff for years, they were all saying, all right, well, look, it's going to be Jabari, but it's Jabari or Chet. So what did that do to Paolo's number? It just pushed it all the way up. And now you're seeing some rumblings and rumors that the Magic don't know who they're going to pick yet. That's not exactly a tangible rumor, though. I'm sure the Magic have some sort of an idea. So it's all smoke screens and rumors. Yeah, I know a lot of sharp guys that took 18 to 1, got down to like 2 to 1. But guess what? Jabari Smith in the last six hours has gone from minus 140 to go first to minus 210, 225, 230. So mm. it's a guessing game at this point. I can tell you I was very happy to share with the chicken dinner audience. Hey, let's. Let's buy the bottom on Jabari Smith to go number one at minus 140. That's looking like a good bet given where the number was and where it is now. What are the best numbers you've bet on so far? We've got Benedict Matherin to go fifth overall. That's 10 to 1. I saw 2 to 1 about an hour ago. That's the uh, combo guard, um, athletic kid, good shooter from Arizona. I think he goes five to the Pistons if he's available. We've also got Mark Williams over 12 and a half. 
and this kid Jang under 13 and a half. There's a lot of smoke, um, but some from from some credible sources rather that he's a potential top 10 sleeper. So that's Jang D I E N G under 13 and a half. He spent time with the New Zealand Breakers last year. Your favorite basketball team, of course. Uh, you got down on Shaden Sharp. Yeah, we got over seven and a half there, too. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Five positions. So Smith, number one, Matherin, number five, Sharp over seven and a half, Mark Williams over 12 and a half, and Jang under 13 and a half. NBA draft. Talking betting the NBA draft with Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, and FS1. I saw one of your Nesson videos where you were kind of flipping out where there's some crazy numbers. You can bet a whole board of players to go in the top 10, and there were a couple up there that were like minus 3,000, <laughs> minus 2,500. Yeah, these books think we're stupid. You know, and minus 4,000 on a guy to go top 10 in the draft, and I I can never personally lay 4,000 to win 100 for many reasons, but I think there are examples in drafts past. I mean, think about Aaron Rodgers is the perfect example. There was a guy who, you know, many people thought he could go the very top of the draft as far as you know top 10 picks go and then he slides all the way down i think into the 20s and i'll never forget that green room shot of him you know imagine laying big money on a guy like that and he just slides it's it's just not worth it when it comes down to risk against reward yeah they have like these books have you know you could lay four thousand and win 100 you could lay three thousand and win 100 and you know my advice would be you never want to do that because there's always a chance that you know, one team, two teams pass on a player, and then the slide becomes inevitable. Laramie Tunsil in the NFL draft. Remember, it was draft night, and the picture of him huffing the huffing the bong came out, and he slid out of the top ten. And it's like you, you never know what's going to happen. So I just I be careful laying big numbers. Never lay a lot to win a little. But this really shouldn't be a problem in Vegas. You guys can't even bet this stuff, right? Circa's not taking bets. Superbook has like the number one overall pick. And then I saw a lot of books. They're just, they're not even wasting their time with the draft because it's a losing proposition for most shops. Well, and Sam, I was going to talk to you about that because it's a change from past years. I've been able to bet some of these over-unders in the past. And this year, I'm hunting around in vain. And like you said, first overall is pretty much the only thing you can find. I mean, you're plugged in with the guys in Vegas. What's the story here? Why, why is this coming down? Well, it's a tough market to beat for the books because it's driven completely by information and narrative. You know, there's no algorithm, Candy. There's no advantage for the sports books. Betting on the NFL draft and NBA draft, for that matter, is way different than wagering on a point spread or a total or a player prop on a random Tuesday night in mid-January because those markets are all predicated on power ratings, algorithms, and the sports books have a chance especially considering that you're laying minus 110 or sometimes higher in what's perceived to be a fair fight. But we go back to Kyle Pitts in the NFL draft last year. You know, his draft position opened like seven and a half, got whacked to six and a half. By draft night, it's four and a half. And the books, like, they don't know how to move it because there's no buyback the other way. And these numbers can run. Like in a basketball game, if if sharps come in and take seven, six, five, well, there's going to be other sharps that are going to lay five. But you don't always get that balance in draft markets. And these numbers get blasted. Bad ones get pounded. And they never stop running. So, I mean, for, for guys like Tony Miller and Chris Andrews, you know, Chuck Esposito, they're all friends of mine. But, like, if they're going to put up markets that only write sharp action and only move one way and sometimes never stop moving, 
what's the point when at the end of the day they have to go to their bosses and say yeah we got drilled in this again we lost five figures again like there's no point in that so you might as well just not take it because you're not going to win because it's a sharp driven market and you know a guy like mark williams his draft position you know open nine and a half now it's at 14 and a half it's insanity and he might go 16th you know even the late chasers might win so it's just a tough market to book and it's a tough market to make money on so let me ask you the flip side then as sports betting spreads across the u.s uh, a lot of the larger operators your DraftKings and FanDuel's of the world do have a lot of variants of these markets up why are they willing to take granted not huge action but some action it's a very good question you know i think it's a combination of a couple things but number one is that they take them at extremely small limits uh, that's the one thing I'll give the Vegas books credit for. You know, if they're going to put a market up on something, they're going to take a bet, at least most of the places. You know, I, I had somebody try and make a bet at one book that I won't name, and he tried to bet $300 on a draft prop. And he got the wheel of death, got the wheel of death, and then all of a sudden the sports book came back and said, hey, you know that bet at $300 you wanted to make? Yeah, we're not going to take $300, but we'll take $27. And then they moved the market. <laughs> I think with these books – what they're trying to do, Candy, is they're trying to get to the right number. They're using the sharp customers to help shape their numbers, but then they're not they're not giving the person that helped them or the groups that helped them, they're not giving them any money. So you can't get down good money. And I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who bets professionally this morning, and I was like, hey, there's a really bad number up at points bet. And he just said, shut the hell up. He goes, they won't let me bet $20. So I, I think that's I, I think they're willing to take bets from the casual players. And if you're a sharp playing at some of these books, they'll take your bet, but they're not taking your bet, if you know what I mean. They're taking your information and helping get to the right number. Sam, what do we do in the Stanley Cup finals in the, the next game here? We just keep betting over? Uh, <laughs> hell if I know, man. I love the under last night. I was like, you know what? First two games, four to three, seven to nothing. The books didn't even budge. They're like, you know what? We're going to hang a six. Offshore shops go to five and a half. I'm sitting there going, ooh, look at me, Mr. Sharp. And there were eight goals in two periods. And, and you know what's crazy? They didn't even score in the third, and there were two goals taken off the board. So, I, you know, you try and be wise sometimes. We outsmart ourselves as sports bettors from time to time. I'm going to bet the under tomorrow because I'm a glutton for punishment. But <laughs> you have to think at some point, these defenses show up. I mean, it, it's crazy to me how we've seen, you know, seven goals, seven goals, eight goals, and yet the books are still hanging six. There's a reason for that. We all understand that, right? I think so. I think. That, that didn't sound, didn't sound I know. very I know. I know. I know. Of you. Uh, what do we do with the series? Because I feel pretty good about my lightning bet plus 220 but i'm checking back now it's actually plus 255 down two to one i i feel good about tampa and uh i saw you tweet that uh what darcy cumper is a uh is a problem is a problem so what do you do with the series he's clearly the worst worst of the two goalies and we might even see francis tomorrow for colorado i like tampa tomorrow i do i like tampa in the under last night got one of those right got one of those wrong lost a little juice um, you know, if you were going to make me pick my favorite bet for tomorrow, it probably would be Tampa at this point. I like to sleep on it maybe one more time. But I, I don't hate Tampa in the under again. One of these games you would think is going to be 2-1 to one or 3-2. to two. It's just the problem is 
you may be finding a needle in a haystack. It's crazy to me. Like, I have this buddy who never wins in gambling. And he texted me yesterday after the over. He's like, over three for three. First period over three for three. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's that simple, isn't it, you jerk? Um, but, hey, sometimes it is. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. These two teams, they have tremendous goal scores, and the goals tend to happen in bunches. When Colorado scores, it's like a, a snowball effect. They score one, all of a sudden they score three. Tampa scores one, then it's two, then it's three. The goals are contagious with these two teams. And, you know, the goaltenders are solid. Well, Vasilevsky is more solid than Francois, but the offense is just trumping the defense. And it's really not about the goals. It's about the scoring chances. I mean, there could have realistically been 12 goals last night in 60 minutes. So it's a little nerve wracking to think about the under, but I guess I'm bullish. I don't know. Colorado and the snowball effect. I see what you did there. Very good. Uh, unplanned. Unplanned. Un- unplanned, but yet still very stealthy. Very well done. Um, I want to. I want you to to take that Pablo Francois idea and speak it into existence. Because when Kemper got hurt in the Western Conference Finals, I I, I put just just a little bit of pizza money on Francois at two hundred to one for the Con Smythe. I need three straight shutouts. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. two straight shutouts because they only have to win two more games. You know what's unfortunate for you is that even in a loss, I think Kale McCarr is going to get the con Smythe. I mean, he's Son putting of up. A- I know, and I, look, nobody wants to be that guy to to poo poo your bet. I love a good fire at two hundred to one, uh, but the reality is, I, I think that number is somehow even worse now. Oh no, he's one hundred and fifty to one at uh, at a couple American books. So sharp, you got some closing line value there, pal. Put that feeding in your the kids with the cleave, it. baby. Feeding the kids with the cleave. I'll tell you what, though, Kale McCarr minus 150, Vasilevsky 4-1. to one. I'm only betting one of those players. I think that's that's the move. If you're looking to bet Tampa and you still haven't gotten involved yet, if you think about it, why would you bet Tampa 240-250 to win the Con Smythe, or win the Stanley Cup, excuse me, when you can bet Vasilevsky 4-1 to one to win the Con Smythe? That's probably the better move, but I still think there's a chance that McCarr I mean, he's been so good in this postseason. Minus 150. He may win it even if they lose it. Chicken Dinner Podcast, Nessin, FS1. Great links up at SP Shoot on Twitter, so go check it out. There's a good uh, discussion up there about Bryce Harper, injury, DHing, NL MVP, all that good stuff. Sammy, we appreciate it. Thank you, man. Oh, I got to I gotta leave you with this. Would you rather bet the Patriots or the Raiders to make the playoffs? You get 160 on both of them. Ooh, okay. We'll build on that for next week. All righty. Candy, you want to answer him? We'll build on that for next week. <laughs> okay. You're backing out. Uh, they are doing the NHL awards right now. I saw the uh, aforementioned uh, Kale McCarr just won the Norris Trophy. You could have gotten that for as good as 5-1 to one back in August. You'd have to sit on your money the whole time. You could have got a nice number back then. He was a favorite back then. Five o'clock hours coming up. Big five at five. Candy continues. DeMond is running the show today. We'll get to uh, some Raiders talk, including uh, some of the chatter again about Ndamukong Sue potentially coming to the team to bolster that defensive line.